and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual sit down to review a movie in the cinematic canon. Today's movie is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana. I am joined here with Juzo Greenwood, not usually joining us, but he's a regular seater uh, on the show, <laughs> and I'm already stumbling over my words because I don't host the show. Uh, I am Isaac Ransom, this. usually the dummy. So, uh, but at this point, you know, we've, we've watched so many movies. Juzo is going to sit in on this episode. Reviewing a Marvel movie for the cinematic canon is quite weird. We're going to explain it in a second, but I just want to ask you, Juzo, first of all, thanks for being here. Second of all, how you doing? How's your week been? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy to be here again. Always enjoy uh, being on the show. We're kind of gearing up for a trip down to LA at the end of the week. So that's been kind of fun. Um, not too much to report. Been watching a lot of stuff, which we might get to, including a lot of uh, Succession. But um, yeah, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little beat. I uh, I'm usually not terrible at you know talking for long periods of time. I mean, I've been doing podcasting for a while, but I had kind of like a high stress uh, presentation today, and it was like one of those presentations where my work was like we need to practice it multiple times and then like be practicing it right up until the meeting. And I think it was good that we Mm -hmm. spent all that time, but like as a public speaker, as someone that like doesn't mind usually presenting or talking, um, it really started messing with like my cadence. I started to hear myself talk and I was like, this is like the fourth or fifth time I presented this and I don't even sound like myself anymore. Like this is like weird for me. Um, so you're gonna, yeah, the, yeah. The, you guys are gonna have to forgive me if I'm kind of all over the map today. I feel completely squeezed dry of my energy, and I did not expect that for this episode. Um, so it's just, it's been a crazy weekend. With I had church stuff going on, Mother's Day stuff, and then I went to go see this movie with some family. Um, so I, it's by no means a bad life, but for some reason I just haven't found the time to recharge, and so. Uh, waking up very early this morning for work to get ready for this presentation. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little burned out. So I'm just asking for a, a bit of grace on this episode. I apologize if I completely <laughs> blunder what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, so th- thanks for asking though, Juzo. Um, I I want to get into like what we've been watching more in detail, but I thought we would take some time to explain why we're doing Gardens Galaxy three. Um, First of all, because Cameron is is quite busy this weekend, and Juzo and I were both planning to see the movie anyways, so we thought we would take a chance. You know, it kind of lined up in the schedules to talk about something that's modern and current. And second of all, to add like that other the other side of the coin, kind of an, a reevaluation of what's going on with Marvel. I mean this this has been the juggernaut now for almost fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years. It's been a, it's been around for a while, and um, yeah, just my personal experience from like watching up until the infinity saga the, the phase four stuff is where i've really fallen off um so to go back and see guardians of the galaxy 3 which kind of wraps up one of the og trilogies i was pretty excited to go see it and we're going to get into that um but we we didn't necessarily want to gear um this show exactly the way that we normally like review movies i feel like most of the time we there's a lot of distance from the release so there's there's kind of more historical mm-hmm. context and because this is a new release 
Um, it's going to be more around the pop culture conversation and what our thoughts are on the entire MCU as a whole. And I love talking about the MCU with Juzo because you are so knowledgeable about like all movies. And so it's fun to hear your take on like kind of the dumb popcorn movie approach stuff. So you want to add anything else to the topic before we get into what we've been watching? About the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general? Or are we going to talk about that more in the end? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get around to it. We'll review the movie and everything. But I, I just want to know if you want to give some context for the audience about uh, kind of the open topic that we're going into. Well, just, I mean, to if we want to just get a uh, sort of blanket idea of my relationship with the thing, I, I, I would say I put some of the stuff above dumb popcorn entertainment. I, I've enjoyed some of these movies quite a bit. And certainly that build up to when Avengers Endgame came out was, oh, was yeah. pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, like you, I've been pretty out on a lot of the movies. I've seen most of them since Endgame, but um, yeah, pretty pretty mixed feelings overall. Only was excited to see this just because I saw the other. Um, I liked the other Guardians movies quite a bit, but um, I'll, we'll get to my opinions when when we get to the movie. Um, should I talk about what I've been watching? Yes, let's let's hear about it because I have a few things I want to talk about as well. So go ahead and and throw out some notable stuff, Juzo. Okay, um, a few, just a few things I liked. I won't talk too much about. Uh, I, I watched a movie. I'm, I'm renting movies from Netflix DVD, rare movies, before that program shuts down in September. So I watched this movie by uh, Vim Vendors called Land of Plenty, which I liked quite a bit. Uh, for mixed class, I watched a movie from the 40s called Sullivan's Travels, sort of a Hollywood satire, I guess you would call it. Um, that's that's quite good. Um, my film club, this is, this is a... Uh, this would be a very strong recommendation. We watched a movie called The Castle. It's an Australian movie from 1997. I never heard of the film when my friend recommended it. Never heard of the filmmaker. Uh, none of the actors are familiar to me except for Eric Bana, who's, uh, you know, became the Incredible Hulk in uh, whatever, early 2000s and stuff. And just a delightful, very sweet comedy. I think it had a, a, a tone very similar to the Paddington movies where it's... A little bit making fun of the family, but it has a very warm attitude, and it kind of leaves you with this very hopeful kind of sense. And um, I just, I, and it was also just very, very funny and 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 very charming. And apparently, it's a big cultural thing in Australia. Like everyone knows the lines from the movie; they could quote it. But as someone who is completely unfamiliar with the movie, it was a nice surprise. Um, just how much I liked it. Um, and then on Mother's Day, or I guess maybe the day before Mother's Day, my mom and my aunt and uncle, we saw this movie, which I had already seen. Um, I had already seen a, a preview of this movie before. Um, it's called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is an adaptation of a Judy Bloom. Did you ever read Judy Bloom? I, I never, mm -hmm. as a kid. No, I didn't. Yeah, it was, I guess it's maybe more of a girl's thing or something like that. I don't know. But this is also just a really lovely movie. It's by the director who made Age of 17. And um, kind of a pretty surprisingly complex movie about childhood and, you know, all the things you go through going through puberty. And also kind of an interesting uh, exploration of um, religious faith, which I feel like is something you don't see in very many, um, you know, uh, popular mainstream movies. And so I, I, it was it was quite an impressive swing for her to tackle all those sort of um 
what can kind of be tripwire subject matters in a way that was very uh, delicate and um, kind of graceful, like with a lot of ease. Um, so I, w- I would say it's a good, not a great movie, but but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it's, it was a nice, you know, nice movie to go see with your with your mom for Mother's Day. Um, and then just the other main thing I've been watching is uh, Succession. I finished the, thir- the second season and then I just finished the third season, uh, I think yesterday. And I'd been pretty mixed in the second season, and I'm pretty sure I was kind of bad-mouthing the show last week. But I thought the third season, mm, it got pretty good. I, th- I, I think it, it won me over in a lot of ways. And, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big investment of time. It's a lot of hours of television. But there's some stuff in that third season that was... Um, just really impressive to me. And it's such a, like a well-acted, well-written show um, that I, I, I definitely have to hand it to them for the way they sort of um, uh, f- figure things out in the, in the third season. I'm, I'm excited to see the, the, the new season that I think is in the midst of coming out now. So um, yeah, that's basically all everything else I've been watching. Now, I just want to ask you, Juzo, because I don't know if we got your take on it a couple episodes ago, but... Did you have a chance to share your thoughts publicly on the movie that we watched together uh, like three or four weeks oh. ago? Um, I forced you to watch Puss not. in Boots, The Last Wish. And I, I know you're an animation guy. I just want to, you know, for me, I'm just like a disciple of this movie. I'm not sure why. I have, I have to have Juzo's final score on the record for the show. Yeah, Puss in the Boots and the, uh, the Last Wish. I mean, the, the, there has to be a little bit of context for this, which is like three grown men hanging out at Tim Smith's house, <laughs> kind of, you know, at the end of the night, kind of tired, just you know, kicking back and throwing something on. I think for that kind of viewing, it was perfect. But I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I wouldn't say I would put it, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's on the level of, you know, the Shrek movies or like the first two Shrek movies or Kung Fu Panda or something like that. It suffers from a little bit of the, the same Marvel kind of... Um, and so this is the annoying tendencies of kind of like weightless action and it's kind of like over quippiness, but there's a, there's a lot of um, stuff I enjoyed a lot about it and it certainly looked beautiful. It's kind of uh, using some of that animation style of the Spider-Verse uh, movies and I don't know. And, and there was, there was definitely some funny, I like Puss going to like his retirement home. That was just very funny to me. Um, so so it, was, it was definitely enjoyable. I, I, I had a nice time watching it. Yeah, I was thinking about that movie in in context to this one uh, because there was, uh, and we'll get into our review of Guardians here uh, in a second. But yeah, just w- my last viewing experience watching Puss in Boots is like more of a modern release. I was like, wow, this is just so easy and consumable. And then going to see Guardians, I was like, this hmm. is this is consumable in a different way, but also strangely <laughs> like, there's just some strange stuff in Guardians Three that I can't tell if makes it if it makes it more unique and memorable or if it's just kind of out of left field. I'm not quite sure yet, and we'll, we can get into mm-hmm. that. As far as what I've been watching this week, I actually tried to start watching uh, Succession. Um, I watched the pilot episode of season one. I just didn't really. I I'm this is the thing is like TV. It's really hard for me to like get into something, um, and. I think a big aspect of, of most TV shows is like an aesthetic draw, like a very surface level. Like, is this a sci-fi thing that I like? Is this, you know, a fantasy or some kind of like post-apocalyptic story that, uh, 
uh, is hooking me or is it like just profoundly funny? Like I can't quite put my finger on it. I mean, I watched some Mm -hmm. other um, comedy shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm or, um, you know, I love Arrested Development. For me, I'm like that that show, like it just, it blows stuff out of the water. That's a fantastic show. So like to... To go into a, a TV show, I'm like, I'm really skeptical if I'm going to commit my time to this um, in, in most cases. If there's not an art style or a setting or something that's drawing me in pretty uh, like simply, then it's, it's pretty difficult. And I feel like a lot of HBO dramas and Netflix drama series, the subject matter just really doesn't click with me. And I find myself watching... Um, and I've done this multiple times with shows that I, I know that I think I'd probably connect with. I just start like at episode like four or five. Like I just can't, cannot get past it. The beginnings of of TV shows are so bloated. I can't even explain it, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the beginning of Succession, but I know what you mean. I mean, I, I look, I mean, we dropped my mom into the fifth episode of season three without having watched anything. And she actually enjoyed it quite a yeah. bit. So the, the stuff that can be enjoyed in isolation um, but I, I, I can't disagree with you that there is some stuff in succession that is dragged out a lot. I thought the first season was pretty good, but the second season, man, that's a lot of, there's a lot of wheel spinning going on there. Yeah. I, I watched the, um, the pilot episode and I kind of just decided, you know, I don't think I'm going to commit to it. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that that might upset some people, but I was just like, I don't know. I just, I'm not drawn to this. So I don't blame you. Cause it's a, it's a. You're talking about the world bringing you into a show, which sometimes the world is a physical world, but it can also be a um, like a world of characters you like to re- revisit every, yeah, you know, yeah. like, a, like like Cheers or something. You like being in that bar with those people. And Succession, I mean, I find the characters pretty entertaining, but it is, they are pretty unpleasant people to spend 40 hours of your life hanging out with so i i definitely would not begrudge anyone including yourself for being like eh, nah you know like uh, i like something like mm, like the bear i watched last year that show has such a you know wonderful collection of these characters who you really fall in love with and you just enjoy their company and i'm like really excited to see the new season next month because i just want to be back in that world and that sandwich shop um, but the succession, I think it's, for me, it's a testament to the the writing and the performances that you um, are still, you are still curious about these characters despite their unlikability. And I look, I'm the first person who is going to be stumping for unlikable protagonists and movies and unlikable characters. Um, but there's something a little different with spending that much time versus watching, you know, The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it's three hours and then it's over, you know so yeah yeah it's it's not that i thought i don't know it just didn't it didn't click with me um i think a a different example of a setting and a kind of show that i wouldn't be necessarily drawn to that won me over in some way that was different i don't know if it was the pacing or the way that the pilot worked but uh i had an experience where somebody forced me to watch the first episode of ted lasso um and i was pretty surprised by the end of that episode how i was somewhat bought into like the setup of the show and what mm-hmm. was going on pretty quickly. And I was like, wow, like it's rare for me to, to watch a pilot and actually find that level of engagement that quickly. So, um, yeah, that's a nice world. Ted Lasso is a very nice world. So I can see. Yeah. That. I, I definitely think the world building thing brings me in for, for a TV show. Um, 
so I, I tried watching Succession. I probably won't resume um, for a little while. I don't know if I'll ever get around to, to watching the rest of it. And the only other movie of importance that I can think of that I watched, um, although I did watch part of Thor Love and Thunder to try to catch up on this movie, which I mean, <laughs> I was that Isaac? 15 minutes and I was done. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching any more of this. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically just trying to figure out where the Guardians were at to watch this movie. Uh, HBO has some Bong Joon-ho movies on it. So I watched oh. Host, which I have. Really? Uh, I, I didn't know very much about. Also, the poster is horrifying. CGI is pretty bad, but this is kind of pre... Well, it's it's kind of in that early Korean cinema time. I just... I love... I just love Korean cinema. That's what I was talking... I was talking to Juliana about that. I was like, I just... There's something about these movies that really connect with me. I can't quite figure it out. Um, there's a great mm-hmm. scene in Host where um, a, 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 a family... Uh, which Bong Joon-ho loves to work with like a family unit is mourning the loss of uh, their like youngest member, this little girl that gets like captured by the beast or whatever. Um, And they're like, they're like at this like kind of memorial thing and they're all crying on the floor. And then like the, the sorrow and the mourning elevates to a comedic level where they're they're just un they're just hilariously mourning. And then out of nowhere all these news reporters just flood in and start photographing and videoing the family that is like rolling on the floor mourning the girl. It's just like cranked up to 11 out of nowhere. Cuz like it's kind of makes sense like you they're there and they're really upset and then all of a sudden they just have this outburst of like radical mourning. The, the news and press come in. They start taking pictures of them on the ground. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, man, there's just something special about it. It's a cultural, there's a cultural difference, but I, I, I'm i totally into it. And I feel like people um, now have a connection with that, with the mass success of, of Squid Game, uh, Parasite, of course, winning um, a few years back. I just, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of great Korean cinema that people haven't uh, had a chance to explore and there's so much good stuff out there yeah. and i was just yeah bong jun ho come on man you know yeah certainly you can watch any all of seven i think of bong jun ho's movies are worth seeing like all of them are are all of them are good and maybe five or six of them are pretty great mm-hmm. um and that's fun it's so funny you say when you describe that scene because i saw the host many years ago i don't really remember that much about it though i remember i liked it but when you describe that scene i can picture it immediately in my head yeah. because that's just such it's such a bong joon ho sense of humor yes, you know it's, totally. it's it's so dark and kind of a little bit mean-spirited <laughs> but um but also just very funny he's and qu- he does that in all of he's movies. quite critical of the family unit you know uh yeah. and it, it's but it's endearing too it's a very difficult line that he's able to 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 click so I've watched about 70% of host, the host and I haven't finished it yet, but so far I like it. It's just a lot of fun. It's, it's very, um, it doesn't feel like it's getting too, too deep in, in any regard, but maybe I haven't seen the big twist yet. So, um, I'm going to wrap mm. that up, um, probably tonight actually, cause I'm, I'm pretty tired. Um, yeah, okay, I, we've rambled long enough. I think it's time to get into Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and open up the conversation. I just want to remind you, if you enjoy the show, which, you know, 
<laughs> if you enjoy this episode, first of all, I just apologize for my hosting skills. Jizzle, you're laughing over there. I'm like, <laughs> you're doing fine. I, I think you're overrating how I think you're, I just, you're doing I'm, I'm okay, having this man. mental battle right now. You know, like I'm, I'm telling you, Jizzle, I don't. Usually when I'm speaking or doing some kind of performance, I don't practice that much because then I get stuck in my head. And I don't know, just with work today, I was like, that's just... No, it can mess, it can mess you up being over-prepared for things. Oh, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't like that. Um, anyways, what I was trying to get at is some kind of shilling. If you enjoy the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash Productions. All of it helps. Just listening to the show helps. Sharing, giving us a rating... We just appreciate you spending your time here hanging out with us, and we hope that this conversation can be something you can enjoy. Juzo, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm just going to give a little bit of context. This is supposed to be, I don't, I, I'm assuming the end of James Gunn's trilogy because he's kind of going off to DC. Um, but I'm, I think that's, I'm right. not sure if he will be returning for it. It feels like a, a tying up of, the guardian story but what's sort of unique about guardians of the galaxy is it's kind of like a ragtag team of weird outcasts anyways um so the first movie feels like it's definitive and the second movie feels like it could have wrapped up the trilogy and then this third one is like okay that's probably the end but they could probably just keep doing that you know so i think most people are saying yeah that's the end of some kind of trilogy, but it's weird that this one is so far out um, from what was probably supposed to be just a spinoff series in the in the scope of the MCU, um, and now it, it's 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 its own trilogy. Um, I don't think I want to get too much into spoilers about this movie because it's so new, and. Well, we can have a maybe a spoiler like we can give a spoiler alert when we start because there's a few things we should probably. I mean, I I feel like it's hard to talk about a, a lot of the movie without getting into some spoilers yeah, at least. Yeah. Um. And some people don't want to know anything, so we can give our our just our baseline. If you don't want to know anything, first. then you probably shouldn't be listening to a podcast about it. Just go. I would. Let's just start with like overall recommendations. Juzo, did you enjoy this movie? Would you recommend people go see it? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did on both accounts. Um. Maybe not. It's funny when we're talking about is this movie for everyone. Usually, we're talking about in the like, is it too much of an art house experience? Yeah, yeah. But in this case, I think that maybe applies to aspects of this movie or just the fact that it's it's a very disturbing movie. And I think I know we saw some little kids at the screening, and I was just like, if I saw this as a little kid, oh yeah, I would be very very upset by some things. My brother said it's a really. I think he described it as a very as hard a PG-13 movie as he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's probably up there for sure. Um, just a lot of really weird and graphic and violent uh, aspects. And then also just emotionally, it's, it's, it's quite uh, wrenching in places. Um, but for just overall, I, I thought it was quite a good film. It definitely had some of the hallmarks of, both the Marvel movies and of James Gunn movies that I'm not so crazy about. Um, but by the end, I mean, I was quite moved by the film and I, I think it's definitely the best if we're talking about Marvel, um, universe movies. I think it's definitely the best one since Endgame. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in terms of just filmmaking, I think Gunn is just, um, 
he's not he's not the best film. I mean, there's they've got some great filmmakers working on these movies, but these Guardians movies really feel like the most um, the ones that feel like they have the most vision and creativity, and they don't feel like they are. I mean, I'm sure there is a there is obviously corporate oversight, but it feels the least kind of like the result of like boardroom scheming and kind of uh, um, focus groups and that sort of, uh, you know, trying to connect the universes. That was another thing I liked about the movie is it felt very insulated to the, just the story it was telling. It didn't feel like you had to have seen, you know, 40 TV shows or even have had to see the other movies. I mean, obviously it's, you probably should see the first two guardians movies, maybe the holiday special. I don't know, but it, it felt like it was not, you know, some of these recent movies like black, the new black Panther, there was just stuff in it where I'd be like, what am I looking at here? What is, what is going on here? And then I'd, I'd look it up uh, two weeks later and I'd find out it was uh, a character who's being set up for a TV show that's coming out in two years. And it's just kind of, you know, your, your eyes roll back into your head. Um, so this it it just felt like a like a just a solid, well done movie with some very affecting um, very affecting moments to it. Um, so yeah, what what do you think, Isaac? Yeah, I I would say that I enjoyed it. I think the disturbing elements actually give it a little bit more of a unique kind of standout quality, which Guardians has mm-hmm. always uh, been strong with. Actually, Guardians Two is probably the the least like absurd for some reason it fits more into the the marvel mold um to me at least it felt more like the marvel formula whereas the first movie it's just it felt out of left field at that time when they were coming out in theaters we were like what is this this feels like it is it feels like the star wars experience um mm-hmm. where it's connected to what's happening with the avengers but it's way out in a whole nother direction right um, so this, the, the, this movie, I definitely recommend if you have seen the other guardians movies and you're all about them, I think it totally banks on the fact that you enjoy your time hanging out with these characters. It, it takes its time, um, with them as well, which it, that, that was the other thing mm-hmm. that was kind of yeah. like kind of itching that star Wars feeling for me is that there's just, um, you just have like a deep love to hang out with these people that are on an adventure. Um, and you can't wait to hear what they're going to say next or what they're going to do next or what the next quip is because it's weird. You're just kind of like in love with who they are as, as characters on screen. And it, it made it extremely difficult for me to be critical of anything in this movie. Um, because it brought me back to being, excited to sit through a marvel movie now i don't i don't think the movie's perfect i'd like to get into the weird stuff because it's just interesting but overall i'd recommend it especially if you like the other guardians movies this one's probably just going to be a little bit more graphic for honestly like it you're kind of like i don't know why it's graphic um but it all kind of comes together in a package that i i would say is definitely worth seeing um the other thing about this movie uh, is that I saw it in one of those three screened movie theaters. Have you ever seen a movie in one of those? Oh, I've never seen one. Is it have, is it's like giving the illusion of a 3d yeah. like you're in a box of it's, movies? It's kind of the semi IMAX experience. Um, but your peripheral vision has projectors on each side. 
So it was really unique to watch this movie um, with the way that they designed the film with the ultra wide thing. Cause not the entire movie would use the ultra wide um, like lenses. Each scene was cut in a particular way so that those like side walls would turn on at specific times. And I did notice that a lot of it linked to whenever they would start playing a song, which I thought was such a great way to sort of um, uh-huh. kind of capture the audience into what is happening. Uh, almost like the music video moment. Uh, so like the, yeah. the side walls would like light up and the it would almost feel like the frame would kind of stretch across the entire room. So when they're floating in their blue suits, like all of a sudden, you know, the peripheral of space is is there. You're like fully wrapped into them falling through the sky with the music or the no sleep till Brooklyn uh-huh. um, hallway scene, which I was just in love with. They use those the walls come on and you're like spiraling down this hallway and and i was like wow i just haven't had a movie experience like that since i saw dune in xd which was like basically just to get rumbled off by the subwoofer whenever the (laughs) the worms approached or whatever um so it was extremely immersive i didn't really want to see the movie in that in that format but i found myself enjoying it a lot um so I actually I don't know I think there are elements of this film that could be recommended in IMAX if you if you wanted to have that experience because there's some visual creativity that they have fun with. Yeah, I'm curious about how they do the like for the hallway sequence. Are you just seeing like on the on the sidewalls are are they showing you? Is it a continuous image or is it just another? It's not like it's not continuous. Or is it- they they expect your focus to be on the front screen. So the yeah. peripheral vision is warped almost like a lens in a way that your eyes naturally are able to focus on the center screen, but it feels like the screen has pulled out in, in a way. So if, if you look directly at it, would it look like out of focus or is it kind yeah. of like... Um... Well, it's it's sort of out of focus. You, you can look at it. Like I noticed there was a scene where they were having a kind of like a, like a lower third back and forth between... Um, Nebula and and uh, Star Lord, right? And mm-hmm. there was a scene where it cut to to Chris Pratt talking, and then it cut back to Nebula, and you could see Grimora next to her, and Grimora's face was like kind of warped, but in perspective of looking at the main screen, it was like she looked normal. But as soon as you like kind of drew your attention to the side screen, it was like right. she was just a little awkward looking because she stretched to fit the frame. And I don't know. I don't. I don't. Weird. I don't think okay. I would watch oh. every movie that way. But um, for a, a movie that was kind of more consumable, I had a good time with it. So, um, yeah. Over overall, I would recommend, it, especially if you like Guardians. I was thinking though, oh, yeah. I was glad that I didn't take Jules to see it. Um, <laughs> I I just she didn't like the original Guardians anyway. She was like, "This is weird. I don't really like the space spaceship or the raccoon or the tree." Uh, so if you're if you're turned off by what was going on in those other movies, you're definitely not gonna like this one. Um, I'll tell you that. But I think so. No, it it definitely feels like the most out there of the of the trilogy. Maybe of the whole Marvel universe. It it felt like he was pulling from a lot of his. He comes from like a. Uh, exploitation movies and horror movies. Yeah. And um, I, I felt like some of those elements were definitely coming through in this. Um, you saw a little bit of it in the first two. 
Um, you saw some of it in his Suicide Squad movie, which I I absolutely hated. Um, but this, I felt like he brought it in in a big way into this movie, but it it worked for me for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen any of his work like in horror in horror movies. I hadn't seen Suicide Squad, um, the new one, but I'm not sure if I would would have known any of his other famous films i haven't seen them but there was well he actually he was a writer for um i can't remember what the names of the trauma movies are but they're they're kind of like very low budget horror i think um he actually wrote the dawn of the dead remake that Zack snyder directed which i think is actually a fantastic movie um maybe Zack snyder's best movie i don't know that's for another discussion yes but um yeah, I've, I mean, yeah, I've only, I haven't seen his, his. He made a horror movie called Slither, and he oh, made a, he, kind of a superhero movie called called Super with Rain Wilson. Yeah. Uh, with, oh man, you seen that? I don't know if I've seen it. It looks really familiar, but I did see the original Scooby Doo movie. So, yes, and that Scooby Doo. Yeah. Oh, did he write that? He yeah, it had some weird involvement because Scooby Doo is a whack. That 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 huh. original live action version's got some really weird stuff going on in it, and I think oh, yeah. that's very fitting. With what's and Scooby Doo too, yeah. Um, I don't know if he directed them or if he just. Uh, I, I think he just wrote them. Yeah. or co-wrote them. Yeah, there's some awkward. There's some like really strange, but pretty comedic stuff in those uh, as well. Hmm. So, no, I haven't seen. I have not seen uh, Super, but it looks very familiar. Yeah, I've heard that's another one where because the trailer made it look kind of sillier, but I heard that's also kind of disturbingly violent as well. Um, man, I, yeah, I, I I don't want to get too much into like what happens till he gets spoilers or, and whatnot, but there there was there was some upsetting stuff in this movie for sure. It's, certainly, if you like uh, if you're if you like animals, that's another thing. I'd be like go with some trepidation because I don't know. I feel like it could be pretty upsetting. Yeah, to some people. Yeah, no, no, def- definitely. I. I think, yeah, we're probably just going to say spoilers from this point on. Um, I don't know when we're going to get into the conversation about Marvel as a whole, but let's talk Let's talk more details about the plot. You've been warned. This is your last chance. All right. So the plot of the movie revolves around Rocket and his origin, how he came to be this talking smart raccoon. Um, and there's like this super genius guy that invented him that's also kind of psychotic because he create he's obsessed with trying to play God and create these perfect societies. Um, so rocket, he creates rocket in this creepy lab with like, like where he's working on raccoons and then like rock, you, you kind of see his origin all happening, but the driving factor of the movie is that you're basically catch up with the guardians hanging out at their home base Rocket gets injured because that inventor wants him back and you kind of piece together his origin story as he's on the operating table and the guardians are um, pursuing his, his like evil creator because there's like a kill switch in Rocket's heart. Uh, They need like a code from him. So there's like, they need the kind of like the golden egg or whatever they're the, the guardians are chasing that to save their friend. They obnoxiously say that a lot. I'm doing this to save my friend, you know? 
Uh, they said, <laughs> Which, "Look, I'm I'm all right with honestly because yeah. I I love a movie where the motivation is like we have to save our guy, we yeah, gotta, or we have to save our boys. And whenever it's something like that, I always just if I, I glaze over if a movie's like we got to stop the villain from terraforming the earth, we've got to stop them from you know getting the crystal. You know, there's all this, you know, MacGuffin stuff can be kind of just boring to me. But when the MacGuffin is." We have to get whatever this thing out of... I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, get this thing out of this guy's head so we can save... But when the motivation is so we can save our buddy Rocket, then I'm I'm a, I'm a lot more into it. And I don't know. It, it, they, they got me with it, I, I think. I mean, you're, you certainly have the association with the characters, I think, from the other movies that helps. But... Yeah. Um, I was pretty I was pretty invested in it from, from, the, from the start, I think. They do a great opening with Rocket listening to... A super boosted mix of Radiohead's Creep. I just great, right. great song choice to connect with him. Um, you get the state of kind of where most of the Guardians are at, which I thought was fun. Um, with Quill being a drunk and being upset that Remora doesn't remember who he is. Um, and then the action kicks off pretty quick as you realize that you know that. Basically, Rocket's this tortured soul that has friends. He's then critically injured. You start re-seeing a bunch of his past. And that's where most of the graphic stuff comes up about, is that the um, this this creator guy basically, like, mute, cyborg mutates a lot of animals, uh, and they're all caged up. And it's, it's, like, very sad to see, you know, a rabbit with its jaw missing and, like, having like spider legs and stuff it's like oh the mm-hmm. heck you know yeah <laughs> like why <laughs> reminded me a little bit of like toys totally it's like the, the mutant toys totally you know? like, it's got it's got a um yeah yeah it, i actually was thinking about toy story a lot during this movie there's a um nightmarish quality that links to youth in some weird way because I don't know yeah. what it is, but like seeing like seeing animals, I don't know, like as a kid, like you have those stuffed animals, you have like this weird attachment to like talking animals. I don't know if it's like Disney movies or like the Pixar movies, but you're like, oh, like there there's like kind of like this soul character side to them. And for so long, like Rocket has been like he's like a mean, like gun toting, awesome, like kind of crazy character that you just kind of enjoy because you're like he's 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 cool you know he's a he's a <clears throat> raccoon and he has guns like what's not to hate about yeah. that but this movie does the thing where he's like he's like a cute little raccoon now and you you you're you're watching him get tortured <laughs> like you know it there were things about this movie that reminded me of toy story there were things that reminded me of my horror when i watched nine as a little kid do you remember that movie nine with like the song i I never see saw that but yeah it has a creepy trailer yeah it's it's uh like these weird little like i I don't even know because because they're not animals right they're like i mean they are animals in, in the show but like or in the movie but there's something about them that's kind of um like they're they're like these animated cute things that are you know it's it's not like it's not like watching like nat- national geographic there's something there's like a kind of a cover oh you know? yeah there's an expression they have yeah. you know i mean it's really i it struck me really from the first um close up of adult um 
Rocket yeah, in the movie, yeah. where I was like, I mean, I it's like, and I know this to be, I I knew this already, but it just struck me this time watching. It's like, wow, these people who who create the um these visual effects have such a complexity of emotion on this raccoon's face, and it's not a cartoon raccoon where he has the LS elasticity of something like a Pixar movie or a Disney, you know, 2d animated movie. He's a realistic looking raccoon, but he it's, and it's not just like he's sad or he's happy. It's like a a really like complex oscillating series of emotions you see as he plays that Radiohead song and walks around their, their base. And, um, it's really pretty amazing. And so when they bring in those other characters and there's this kind of, um, there is a real pathos to it. And, um, I don't know. It it made me a little worried because I was like, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel, you know, like if you show an animal getting hurt. I think maybe George Lucas might have said that. He's like, it's easy to make an audience cry. You just shoot the cat. I think that that is something I'm paraphrasing George (laughs) Lucas. But um, I felt like it earned um, the emotion by actually, you know, spending time with those characters and actually developing and showing uh, Rocket's... um, you know, relation with them. And it kind of went away a different way I was expecting because I was expecting it's going to be a movie about saving Rocket. And then at the end of the movie, it's going to be about like rescuing all his friends from the past. And it would be this really touching reunion. At least that's, I don't know if you were thinking the same thing, but that's what was going through my head. So when those, that otter got dispatched in the middle of the movie, (laughs) that was pretty shocking to me. Very, just very upsetting. Um, And that's, it certainly... I mean, I'm like saying, you know, as a little kid, I would have been upset by that. But as a as a 26 year old man, I was pretty upset by it. Honestly, right. I mean, I was I was kind of tearing up in a lot of this movie just because um, it does happen to you. the Toy Story thing is definitely true. There's something about the uh, like anthropomorphized characters and these like cute innocent creatures. Um, also, just the aspect of like going on a mission to rescue your friend is something that's that's in those movies. And then at the core of it, they're both this, the Toy Story movies at the core of it is kind of about the, like the vulnerability of life and of these characters, you're thinking they, their universe is organized in this way that they understand. And then there's this sort of like horrifying world of, um, them becoming obsolete or them becoming, um, unwanted. And I, I felt like for whatever reason, this movie was tapping into that partly because of just the whole idea of this guy pursuing perfection and then just kind of discarding anything he doesn't see to be, um, his, what he values is perfect. Um, I thought it was nice. Those ideas were sort of nicely laid through the entire movie, not just with the animals, but also with, um, all the other characters who are kind of, um, making peace with, like, I, I really liked in the movie that they didn't turn, you know, make it, give us a sappy ending with Gomorrah and, um, Star Lord, you know, getting back together, and it was—it felt very in line with that. Those ideas, um, having them sort of accept that, or having him accept that's like it's not going to be like it was in the past, and he's going to have to sort of let go and sort of move on with his life. Um, I found that uh, very poignant. I found that that uh, I felt like Gunn thought those ideas out uh, very well throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot about this movie just talking about the anapromorphic characters and things like that. I think all of the characters in this film are presented. If you've never seen guardians of the galaxy, they're presented very cartoonish, like very two note. And by the end of the movie, you feel like that third 
um, aspect of the character, like the roundedness of all of the characters comes forward. Um, for for characters you don't even really expect, like Mantis has um, kind of more complexity. Even Drax, who is just the dumb one, uh, has like this yeah. this like kind of um, profound wrap up for his arc and where he came from. I mean, from those early scenes in Guardians One, where he's talking about his family, right when he, when he's trying to kill uh-huh. Ronan because of his family, all of that comes back into play with this. Uh, so. It's, yeah, I, th- that's kind of the emotion that I had is that I, I really just in, ended up enjoying the ride and I was like, I just love hanging out with these, these characters. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm like this, this franchise is the Star Wars trilogy that, um, that like the next generation is, is going to absolutely love. And I just can only imagine when they have those prequel Guardians films and things like that that just oh. <laughs> butcher like the oh, the original you're trilogy, me, Isaac. You're right? Me think of this. I mean, but but uh. really think about it, right? Like, because the third movie, <laughs> right? The third Guardians movie brings in weird anthropomorphic uh, like animal characters, and that's how Return of the Jedi was too with the Ewoks. Although, you know, you no, know, there's a lot of Return of the Jedi vibes yes, to this movie. Totally the, the, totally, the feeling of the big battle, yeah. like all these different things happening at once, but kind of, in a way, kind of well uh, crosscut. Um, though, in a way, I'd almost say it's kind of the it's kind of like Empire Strikes Back and return of the jedi because i think it's also the the most dark and upsetting of the of the trilogy i think more more so than the second movie was mm-hmm. um yeah hmm. yeah i i thought that this movie was above and beyond every other clip and piece that i've watched of other marvel movies and i think it gets back to a core that james gunn for some reason has this deep love um for the zany kind of origin of superhero stories um Mm -hmm. now i i didn't see suicide squad i know people didn't like it but it was definitely probably more crazy in line with the source material than um the other suicide squad movie that came out right um i guess so yeah and now he's taking on a bunch of um the dc stuff i just it's hard to watch this movie and not like like when I was watching it and the the music turns on I'm like this is just so much better than the other Marvel stuff that I've seen it has so much more creativity and you and I literally just watched like the first 20 minutes of Thor Love and Thunder where they're trying to cram down, you know, oh this this movie's going to have Led Zeppelin in it. You know, because that's that's cool and that's artistic and that makes this movie like interesting. And it doesn't; it doesn't do anything for it, right? Um, as a matter of fact, it feels like Thor: Love and Thunder doesn't even want to be there. Uh, that that was the impression I got from it. Uh, that Taika Waititi didn't really want to make the movie, right? Look, I don't know the guy, but I I got that vibe from some of the interviews. I, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I don't know. It was kind of nice to watch a Marvel movie where you ca- you kind of could tell that the cast and the creators were like, we still have something we want to make here, 
Um, mm-hmm. We're kind of going to go all in with it. And even its conclusion with everyone kind of celebrating at the end, it definitely felt more like, okay, this is our final hurrah for this this group of people. You know, we're we, mm-hmm. we having... Um, we're celebrating and having a party for what we did with the Guardians trilogy. Um, because it was very unnecessary to have a lot of the characters dancing and celebrating at the end. But it's like that Return of the Jedi thing where it's like, you know, this is this is it for for the the OG Guardians people, you know. Um and they 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 keep trying to drag it out saying, Oh, Star Lord will return and things like that. But, you know, Drax isn't gonna be a part of it anymore. Dave Batista, I think, is done. Um I hope so because he's he should be on to bigger and better. I think he's really a, a very talented actor. Yeah, he yeah um, he can he can do a lot more than what he was known for with Drax, right? Um, mm-hmm. Rewatching that, rewatching his performance in in Blade Runner recently, I was like it was like haunting, like chilling. Yeah, just he's yeah, there he's for good. a second, and you're like, wow, yeah. he steals the show while he's there. Um, yeah, I even yeah, knock at the cabin. His the Shyamalan movie also. He was he was terrific in that. He's kind of, if not the lead, he's one of the main characters of that movie. Um, so he he can carry a film. He can carry a dramatic role. I like he's hey, very, you know, what, or, sorry, what I even liked him in Glass Onion. You know, I know it's kind of oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, I know people are like oh like he's he's kind of the dumb character, but he's more he's got a little bit of depth in that movie more than he does like with. Uh, you know, I guess his early portrayals in 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 uh, Guardians and um, the comic relief that he plays in the Avengers movies. Um, yeah, yeah. No, there's something about that. Um, I mean, because he brings that to this movie, and he, yes, I think he yes. brought it to the other Guardians movies as well. But particularly, just the fact that he and it speaks to the rest of the movie that he can be so funny. I mean, he's he's always I've been the funniest character maybe in the whole marvel universe but certainly of the guardians he's the funniest to me um but he can he can really like dial it back when it's that sort of um you know that sort of the touching scenes at the end where he's talking to the kids or when he's um you know speaking their language and and like saving everyone um he 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 has a real kind of like a gentleness to him um and i think there's just there's something about the movie that there's so many the recent marvel movies and just you know superhero movies or maybe just movies in general where I've been tired of the kind of the quippiness and the like constantly trying to throw in a joke and like, don't take this seriously. And there's something about this movie where it is silly and he's, there's a lot of humor in it and a lot of jokes and quips. Um, you know, maybe a few times where I felt like it was out of place, but whatever reason he, he gun sort of, he, he figures out a way to make it not, cheapen the rest of the movie and there are parts of the movie that are dead serious and that you that aren't um just taken for you know they're they aren't undercut with a laugh um and then you know when it's funny it's you know it's he he achieves it on the humorous side as well um so it's a hard it's a hard balance to pull off because i feel like a lot of superhero movies a lot of, uh, you know, the, the Zack Snyder movies, it's the opposite where they go too serious and they just kind of are so somber and portentous that it's like, aren't I supposed to be having fun here? Yeah. You know? But this movie, for all of its, its um, you know, disturbing scenes, it still felt like a fun ride. Maybe not fun if I was seven years old, but overall, it's fun. It's funny. It's ultimately uplifting. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I found the ending just very, very affecting as well. Like it was, it was, you know, you, you could the movie could have ended, you know, any place before that, but ending with this dance thing, it kind of had that, um, just a, re- a really kind of. It is a little the Return of the Jedi ending, but yeah, it was it was it was touching. And then I think having Drax dance also, I just loved because it was just the last payoff of the movie. Because the movie, he was so smart about setting things up and paying them off. It's, it seems like such a simple thing, but so many filmmakers f- sort of forget about that, of how satisfying it is when you, just something as simple as, I think Drax just has one line. He's like, dancing is for morons or whatever at the beginning of the movie. And then seeing him dance, it's like, that's what, that's what gets you, you know? If they didn't have that line in the beginning, you'd be like, oh, that's nice. But because they do it, it becomes, you know, one of the most, honestly, one of the most touching parts of the movie. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, just kind of I think I think we basically covered it. I don't I don't really know if there's anything more to to dig into, I think um I th- I totally agree with you. I think the payoff with the characters is what is what wins you over quite quickly on top of the entertainment value. This the I mean, you kind of expect it at this point, but the score totally slaps. Uh, I think that's that the the I think actually pro- soundtrack too yeah probably one oh that's what I meant soundtrack not score um yeah the soundtrack the music direction choices were just like yes so good um, yeah loved it and I I wanted to shout it out I know I've already said it but the no sleep till Brooklyn action scene in the hallway had great use of slow motion it wasn't just constant chaos. Um, it was a chaotic fight in the hallway, but they do this thing where they, uh, slow-mo a bunch of stuff. So you get to kind of see a music video with the Beastie Boys song playing of, you know, Quill kind of sliding and shooting, Rocket jumping on stuff, Groot shoving his roots through people's skulls and exploding people, you know, like it's, I mean, I'm, I'm watching this hallway scene and I'm like, this is awesome. Like I... I'm not like violated by a CGI crashing of I don't like you know like it's not an end game like thing it's it's more it feels more personal you get to they highlight mm-hmm. each each character doing their cool move doing their flip uh with a you know kind of like a one take camera kind of situation um and I was just like that was just that was just so well done. That was so enjoyable to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It was like yeah, the first <laughs> the first time okay. I watched Marvel action in the last like ten years, where I was kind of like that. I don't know. To me, I was like that was probably the best Marvel action scene I've seen in a while. <laughs> you know, I, I I think he might be the best action director of the of all the Marvel guys because even the people who are I mean Ryan Coogler is a great, I mean, he's a great filmmaker, but you feel like when you watch Black Panther, those action scenes are kind of, you know, or some of them at least are kind of, um, you know, given to the VFX house to, to figure out. They're not as much, um, I mean, certainly like the fight at the end of Black Panther, um, doesn't feel as much, you know, like the vision of a, of a great filmmaker. Um, but gun stuff, I just I, I I like the way his movies look, the way or at least these Guardians movies. He feel like he has the he has the most kind of style to it. 
um, rather than because a lot of times they hire directors, even John Favreau, who's a good filmmaker. He's not really an action filmmaker like he made Elf, you know, and then they bring him on to make Iron Man. And it's a good, you know, Iron Man's a great movie. But when you get to the action, it's a little you feel like he's a little out of his depth. Um, but this really felt like he thought a lot about these set pieces. And um, I don't know. I mean, if, if, I, if I have some criticism of the movie, I think I got a little, did you get a little of the kind of battle fatigue in the third act or kind of like too much chaos or too much kind of CGI? Cause some of the stuff when, when those like creatures started swarming into the nowhere base, yeah. I started to get a little bit like, Ooh, this is getting a little Zack Snydery for me. I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think the best action moments are when they do the slow-mo. Um, and, or, or the like, it's kind of like the oh shoot moments, you know, when you're watching the movie. And this this is done throughout most of Guardians. If you haven't seen this one, um, like Drax jumping into the big tentacle beasts like mouths, <laughs> right? Yeah. In slow mo. Or I always think of the scene. I just looked up some frames right now on Google because I was like, I know there's a bunch I can remember. Um, there's a scene here. The first image is when uh, Yondu and Rocket are ro- are walking out of some building and it's like all slow-mo with the arrow going all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. both with just the, walking uh... on that overhang and all the bodies are falling in slow-mo like around them. I'm like, yeah, that, it's just, it's just a, it, it's way more like this is a cool music video. Like that's like the vibe they're going for, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm down with it. You know, I'm totally down with that. I just, um, it's, it's hard not to enjoy. Just one more thing though about action in Marvel. Um, most of it sucks. I think the end game stuff, I think Infinity Wars pretty good. It's just those mass battles where it gets kind of uh-huh. Lord of the Rings fatigue. Um, but I think Winter Soldier, uh, had a style that the entire movie industry basically like stole which is like that fast, like brutal punching, like it's, it's borrowed from, from origins born. A yeah, little bit. The, yeah. There's a little bit of born from it. I also think, um, there's like some Kung Fu movie or Chinese. I, I don't know if it's a Chinese movie or if it's a, I gosh, I wish, or if it's Korean. Um, my brother loves it. It's some Kung Fu movie where they're like, going through flights of stairs. It's like this super long action movie where they're like fighting uh, up flights of stairs. I don't know I can think of it's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon maybe, but uh, I, I have no idea. Let me see if I can find it. Kung Fu movie. Um, stairs. Stair case floors. But the action like that, like really I, weighted. Now what you see in like... Um, what is it in mission impossible? Like that kind of like heavy martial arts fighting that I think that was super popularized by winter soldier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's also something I like to like winter soldier because it's a little bit stripped back. It's kind of like guys punching each other on cement. There's something about all superhero action that I'm just a little bit, I find tiresome just because it's so weightless and it's so kind of, um, uh, characters are so invulnerable and it's, and it's so much kind of CGI. Like I'm much more excited to watching, uh, you know, Tom Cruise punch a guy in a, in a bathroom stall where it's clear they've, you know, it's, it's real people doing these actions. Um, the movie is called it, the raid. Uh, it's, it's oh, Indonesian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indonesian movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah of course. 
Yeah, so I just I, I wanted to throw that out. There is some Marvel action that I think has made a pretty long-lasting impact to action movies as they are now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think James Gunn has kind of like the movie poster look, and it feels like Taika Waititi was inspired by that with um, Thor 3 and Thor Love and Thunder. They do like a lot of those freeze frames, but it just doesn't work in the same way that Guardians mm-hmm. is able to like make it resonate. Um, yeah, there's a few cool things in Ragnarok. I, I mean, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, Love and Thunder, are just horrible movie. Um, <laughs> but there's there's some. I don't know. I I, I liked. Um, oh, I was gonna say about about the about Guardians three is there would be something like the the creatures or whatever robots that are invading the base where I I was like rolling my eyes like oh here we go just another CGI fight, but then it would be they'd show. Um, James Gunn's brother. What's his name? Craggle? I can't remember the guy's name. It's the guy with the arrow. Yeah. He he has that moment with the arrow. And it's like, wow, they're even tying up his... And so I, it, I think it's... In a way, it shows it's it's more important that action is connected to character and that it, it means something emotionally rather than just, you know, motion and noise. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not aesthetically something I like watching, I like watching because you're seeing the realization of him. You know, and then they have a little flashback with Yondu. I mean, that was, that was wonderful. Um, I know. And even the... That even the dog, you know, has a thing where it's like, you know, he says he's a good or she's a good dog. Um, I mean, I I enjoy stuff like that. I like when the movie pays attention to those kind of um, those kind of moments because I I don't know the last few Marvel movies I just don't feel like have had that kind of um, those those little moments of character that exist within these big action sequences. Yeah, yeah. I thought er, like everything does have a great. Payoff and resolution would have loved more Michael Rooker, man. Like he is so yeah, I know that, he's great. That that second movie with him, you, you, I loved him in the second movie. So good. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful, wonderful part of that movie. So let's let's um, let's back up and because I I think we've covered pretty much everything from Guardians. I I don't feel like we want we don't need to over converse about it. Um, it's great. Go see it. Um. It's weird that it has like that. I don't know. It's not child horror. It's just it's just this kind of horror that is. It's kind of like body horror, or creature horror. Yeah, you know, there's know. a lot of What's weird. With that? You know, Frankenstein'd animals and creatures and weird. You know, there's there's a one part where they go onto a a base that's made of like flesh, which I saw in the trailer and I was like, Nah, I'm not I'm not digging this at all. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, but it and it is kind of gross but when it got to it in the movie again it's like he wins me over because he has that part where they're all wearing different spacesuits yeah. and they jump out of the 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 ship to that uh song in the meantime mm-hmm. and that that's another you always talk about album coverage yep. that felt like an yep. album cover to me where they're jumping down they're they're in the you know low gravity um i just thought that was was really beautifully done so th- there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of gross stuff in the movie i i i do sometimes think the the mean spirited aspect of gun goes a little too far. And I think that was why I didn't like suicide squad mm. stuff. Like when, you know, when, when Will Poulter, you know, the golden guy fries the guy into a skeleton. Like, I felt like that was a little bit like, okay, aren't we supposed to like, like this guy by the end of the movie? Like it felt a little bit, yeah, a little bit unpleasant, I thought- <laughs> um, but that is also just my, my sensibility, my sense of humor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It, there's not everything lands. Um, but, 
again, the best part is how the characters wrap up and conclude. Um, and it made me want to watch the other movies as well. It made me nostalgic for how much I loved Marvel at one time. And that's kind of why I wanted to, to bring it to a larger conversation. Um, let me pull up Marvel phase four really quickly here. Marvel. Yeah, I'm not movies. sure what falls into which phase. Oh, I don't know if we're on phase four or five. I don't, I don't really know. Mar- the cinematic universe. Here we go. From Marvel.com. Great. Can't wait to read it. We're, we're in the beginning of phase. Phase five started with uh, Ant-Man 3. <laughs> Great. Um. Okay, so what have I watched recently? I didn't see the new Black Panther. Um, Love and Thunder, I've seen yeah, parts that, that... from uh, something. I don't know what it was. Just Disney Plus scrolling You through. watched it today, right? I didn't finish it. Yeah. I've never finished it. <laughs> that's, that's like... Don't don't waste your time, dude. It's 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 so bad. Yeah. Um, And then, like, there's a bunch of the, the small ones that I, I didn't get around to. After Endgame, I kept up with... I watched... So here, we'll go, we'll go from releases. Black Panther, of course. Infinity War. Yeah, I saw that. Ant-Man and the Wasp, I watched. I remember zero from that. I, I, I literally don't know anything about Very that Very disposable. Yeah. Um, I remember... It was it was pretty... Honestly, I remember it was pretty watchable, but it was... For, it was in San Francisco also. Yeah, They're running yeah. around San Francisco. But not not not. You great. could have told me they did that in the first one. I would have believed you. I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what they did in the first one, right? <laughs> um, I watched Captain yeah. Marvel. By the way, Infinity War... I, I'll go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. No, go ahead. Infinity War. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't. I'm not really that crazy about Infinity War either. Um, or and then frankly, Captain Marvel. Did you see that? Yeah. So I did see Captain Marvel. That is where I began to be like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. You know, um, I was only yeah, watching no, it because sucks. I wanted to watch. I, like Infinity War comes out, and then you watch. You have to watch Captain Marvel. You know, you have to. See. Yeah, they got you on that yeah. one. And yeah, um, love love Nick Fury, but I just. Brie Larson, so like, she's good in other movies. I don't know what the deal is. She's just so smug in that movie. She's just so like uh. as a character, you know. I don't. Yeah, yeah. She's not not a very likable character. In fact, it's funny. Even even my mom, who didn't see Captain Marvel, when she saw Endgame, she was like, "That was great." But who was that like unpleasant lady <laughs> who showed up at the end of the movie? You know. So even yeah. even she could tell that's not a very likable character. Also, just like I don't like the Superman type characters where they they're that powerful. I always think that's just kind of boring. Yeah, Endgame, super fun, great. And then I actually I I really liked great. Far From Home, like kind of a reflection with Spider Man. It was like it was all right. I watched Black Widow. I thought that was really dumb. And then that's where I kind of fell off. Yeah, that was not good. I like didn't watch Shang-Chi. I didn't watch The Eternals. I was like, I just heard it was bad. Had to watch No Way Home. Horrible. Um, and that was that felt like that No Way Home felt like another Avengers movie, some for some some I don't know. I, I don't know. They just were Yeah, well it's like a bringing together of universes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched Doctor Strange. I'm one of the only people that seemed to have lo- loved that movie. I'm not sure why. Um, I just think Sam Raimi was having a blast. Nah. And I was like, great, dude. Have fun, you know? Um, I mean, 
I'm happy for you, but I did not enjoy that. Uh, why not? Why not? I I that was one where I just found it unpleasant and kind of it's weird, you know, kind of gross and like it it was like all the kind of dark and unpleasant parts of Guardians, but with none of the you know, I don't care about Doctor Strange the way I care about those characters. No, and, no, no, no. Um, also, just an annoying CG action, uh, unpleasant stuff, not funny. I, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it at all. And also, it had all those, like, we're bringing in the multiverse characters from other movies. They bring in, like, um, you know, X-Men characters and stuff. And I just, that was such a, just a, a vacant kind of advertisement for their universe um yeah that, it rem- yeah it just, it just annoyed me something about it reminded me of my my brother and i like playing with lego figures and like we would make like these really like like weird horrible like like almost like fan fiction plots and so when i was watching it i was, I was kind of <laughs> just watching it like with the evil dead mindset. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, Sam Raimi's back, man. He's going to just make this movie crazy. <laughs> and I was not disappointed. Like from the, they, they have like this, the movie cracks out and they like, I think it's like, he goes to see Wanda. Wanda's like, I'm evil. And then like, there's like this full on siege at some castle, you know, for no reason. And then it cuts into like this horror thing where they're being chased by her. Um, and she's like coming up out of the glass. And I was like, what is even going on? And then they have like, they go to the X-Men thing. I just thought like all of the super violent deaths were just funny. I don't know. I was just like, this is just like so wrong and so funny. I don't, I just didn't. And then the whole like him coming back as a zombie. I was like, this is just, just Sam Raimi just having fun, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I look, I'm whatever i'm not going to take away from if you enjoyed it i mean that's that's nothing wrong with that but now what i say what i say it's like a great marvel movie no no it's it's weird for sure um love and thunder just feels like it doesn't want you to enjoy it even if <laughs> i'm serious like you're watching i'm trying to get into it i'm trying to enjoy like chris hemsworth the story oh you got to love it like you know like credit to uh nally portman i'm like let's go you know and then they're just like here are these stupid goats like here everyone's annoying everybody has to be as annoying as possible in this movie and i was just yeah. like i just uh whatever like i'm not gonna watch it no it's it sucks it's one of the, it might be is it my least favorite i think eternals is probably the worst one but yeah it's it's definitely up there in terms of the worst for me black panther uh wakanda forever i refused to watch it because i actually ended up really enjoying black panther when i watched that for the first time i was like that feels it it felt different than the other marvel movies but there was something about it with the cgi being a little bit worse and it felt a little rushed um but revisiting Mm -hmm. it uh and watching again i was like this 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 movie's got a vibe it's it's um like Michael B. Michael B. Jordan in it is super awesome. I love Andy Circus in that first movie. Um, the connection to mm-hmm. Oakland, all of the um, like kind of like that heist scene where they're like stealing stuff back. Uh, kind of like the the different philosophies between these two father figures, like revolutionaries versus like uh, I don't know. Like it's just it was just very unique. Um, and so when I saw that movie and the trailers were like, oh, like we're mourning. You know, because obviously it's it's so sad that uh, Chadwick Boseman died, right? Um, I 
I was just like, I don't really want to watch the funeral movie. I, I just don't have any yeah, desire well, to like watch that. You I, know, I would have maybe liked it more if it was a more serious, um, kind of examination of a you know th- this this family in this country mourning the loss of their leader. And I thought the movie handled it really nicely in the beginning, and then a little bit at the end. But in between it, it just felt like this pretty stupid story, and it was. Again, like, you know, filmmaking is not very good. You lose a lot not having Michael B. Jordan and certainly not having Chadwick Boseman, who really is, you know, such a like a charismatic uh, presence as, you know, at the fore of the first movie. Did he get any circus back? Um, no. He, oh, no, he's not in the second movie. Well, I didn't see it, is so he? how would I know? Claw or whatever. No, I can't remember. I don't know. I just remember they had, you know, he they, might be they dead. Had, you know, all this underwater stuff. He might be dead. No, he, he he got killed in the first movie. I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, the 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 second movie. Yeah, they do all this stuff underwater, and it's like, I mean, it's a good thing the movie came out before um, Avatar because if you watch the water scenes in Avatar, and then you're to watch the water scenes in Wakanda, ooh man, that's uh, that's pretty embarrassing. I mean, I looked at the Little Mermaid trailer. And that's another one where it's just like, maybe you do need to wait, thir- like spend 13 years working on your visual effects because it pays off. That movie looks incredible of Avatar The Way of Water I'm talking about. Um, and by the way, you should see it, Isaac, because it's very good. Anyway. Uh, I'm just going to change topics because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid that movie <laughs> like the plague. Um, Ant-Man. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I just... Yeah, I don't know. No, I again, it's like there's just no draw for me. Quantum Mania, I was just like, no, mm-hmm. no. I just, I, I was like, I don't need more multiverse like things. Like, I just don't, I don't want to watch that. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, here's the deal with 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 Quantum Mania. That was the first one. I that was where I stepped off the train because I they always bring me back in because well before up to Endgame, they bring you in just because all the movies are kind of coalescing into this one story. So that was a really, I mean, I hate to be sound like a businessman or something, but it was, it was a clever way to get people, you know, into watching everything. And then after that, I was like, oh, I could have stopped with some of these, but they always bring in directors who I was interested in or like, um, like the director of Shang-Chi. I was like, oh, I liked his movie. Maybe I'll check it out. Taika Waititi, I like him. But Ant-Man, you know, it's not really a particularly known director. And then the trailer came out and it looked absolutely horrible. So it made it very easy for me to say, I think this is where I can bail on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not watch every movie. I was always going to see Guardians 3 just because I, I respect James Gunn and I you know, expected it to be good, which it was. Um, but yeah, I feel like this year has kind of been a turning point for me because I've been sort of dutifully watching these movies as bad as they are um other than i did like spider-man that was the only one i think of the post end game that i've probably enjoyed in, until um guardians 3 um but this year is definitely the year where i'm kind of like i don't need to see all these movies you know yeah so let's kind of let's kind of look forward right um mm-hmm. the marvels there was a trailer for that um i don't know yeah. i maybe that like I just I I didn't have any desire to want to watch it after seeing the trailer. I remember liking no. the cat with the alien cat or whatever. That was cool. But no, 
But like, yes, yeah, a sequel to Captain Marvel. I just am not, not very interested. Even, even with it being directed by Nia DaCosta, who's who's a pretty, pretty somewhat talented, um, pretty talented newer director. But the thing about it is, like, they bring in these new directors, but they don't really. It's not really their movie, you know. Like, it's the it's a Kevin Feige movie, you know. They're they're directing the actors, but you know, they they've even talked about how like the uh, action scenes are kind of you know fielded out to other you know the visual effects supervisors or whoever so anyway yeah i mean you watch the trailer you can i i'm more excited to watch fast x before i go see something like that you know um yeah well not not yeah not interested in either frankly yeah i th- i have this idea jesus i really think we should take cameron to go see like fast x with no context and just see what he thinks <laughs> like just he, he would be completely unaware of what's happening and just kind of get his take on what he thought the movie was like. That, that seems awfully cruel, Isaac. I mean, I I kind of did that with F nine because I um you're gonna you know you're gonna it, talk to me about cruel. Come on, all right. Oh oh, uh, Isaac, it's, it's more cruel. Isaac, that's it's more cruel. cruel than making you. I mean, your version of cruelty is like you have to watch Boogie Nights. It's like oh wow, I'll owe the humanity. But no, no my I my, think, uh, my idea of cruel is like. Uh, <laughs> Some French movie. Just please, not uh, another believe one. Believe me, I'd, I'd rather watch 38 French movies, you know, than watch uh, Fast okay, X. Okay, well, and have I you seen that... any of the Fast and Furious movies, Juzo? No, I saw, that's the thing. I saw F9. Oh, and, oh F9. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was on mixed top 10 list, if you can believe it, in that year. <laughs> and uh, it sucked. It was so bad. And it was, those movies are just, I don't know. They just seem worth, I saw Hobbs and Shaw also, and it was oh. just... Um, also mediocre. I've heard Fast Five is good. I mean, I'm kind of curious to check out a few of them, but I I um, went in. I think I saw Fast Seven first, uh, and I enjoyed it. It was stupid, but I enjoyed it. And then I think I watched eight and nine. Although I remember nothing about eight. I mean, I should. These movies should be slam dunks for me. Like I, since I was a little kid, always liked cars. I like car chase movies i i'm not a person who's like against a movie that's just supposed to be fun i know that's i may have the reputation on this show because i no, you know, i don't make think you, you watch do. some french movie but i want to have just a good time watching a silly movie um so when i watch a movie like f9 it's not like i'm you know i'm not wearing a suit to the beach i'm just kind of watching it and i'm like i'm not enjoying this i'm not having a fun time watching it because it's so kind of um it, it feels so lazy the way they they put they stage action scenes the way they conceive stuff the writing of the movies i don't really find the characters very likable also like i don't really like vin diesel or any of the guys that much um they're basically so. just acting as themselves as celebrities at this point oh well so. i i don't mean that any personally vin diesel but you know i, I liked it when you were in uh guardians the iron giant and or in guardians <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah, not not super interested in in that series. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's kind of do a little bit of a look ahead. We'll wrap up the conversation. I don't know why we were giving full context of all of the Marvel movies, but I do agree with it's interesting to look. Yeah, at I do. That. I do agree with you that Guardians three had some kind of pull, and it didn't disappoint visiting it. And I would say Spider Man mm-hmm. No Way Home had the same kind of like home run feel. Thor: Love and Thunder should have been one of those movies that was like, oh, we're bringing you back. Because you love Thor, and that it just felt like an insult, you know. You're like, I just, uh, like I didn't, I didn't need that. 
and and Doctor Strange, those movies have always been whack. So uh, to to visit that, I was like, I had no expectations for Doctor Strange, honestly. Besides that, I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be wacky. So I think that's why I ended up enjoying it. Um, so we got the Marvels coming coming out this year, whatever. A new Captain America without Captain America. The Thunderbolts, whatever that is. Uh, Blade. I didn't even see the original one, so I'm not quite sure what's up with that. Yeah. Um, there's an untitled Deadpool Don't. movie that will probably be the next true hit. <laughs> um, and it might. I, I was really hoping these movies kind of bomb. That's another thing. I'm, I am so I was glad with Ant-Man is it seeing it do badly. Oh, did it? That was very a very uh, hopeful thing to me. And it's kind of, that's the one downside of Guardians being so good is it probably will do very well you know i might even actually go see it again um and that's you know it's good there's a good movie but i i'm kind of excited that we're might be entering the kind of you know there's a period in the 1960s where old hollywood movies these kind of like very stiff these stiff musicals or period pieces or um you know sword and sandal epics were kind of becoming less and less cool and then there was a series of them that sort of were bombing and then there was kind of a new kind of movie that um, sort of became the new mainstream, I guess. And I feel like there's kind of a feeling of fatigue with superhero movies. It's been 15 years. It's been four years since the end game, you know, everyone had so much fun with. And now I think it's kind of, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, putting my finger in, you know, in the air. I don't, I don't, you know, the people at most of the, my friends don't even watch superhero movies. So who, what do I know? But the sense I get from when I talk to you or I talk to, uh, you know, some of our other friends, um, I don't find the, other than Spider-Man, I don't feel like there was too much enthusiasm. My brother's another person. He loves, you know, he's really loved all these early Marvel movies and he's pretty out on a lot of these yeah. uh, new movies as well. You know, and he, there, you know, he's kind of, should be part of the target audience. So yeah, the, they're definitely messing up. The the Marvel um the Marvel fans that I know, it's like they're probably not going to like the casual Marvel fans, they're not going to go see the Marvels. Heck, they're not I don't even think people are going to go see no. Captain America without Chris Evans in it. I don't think they're going to watch that. Uh because I, because people I I don't I don't see that. People yeah. gave it a chance with the TV show. I gave it a chance with the TV show. And the TV show sucked. Mm-hmm. It blew chunks, man. Like it, it was like I couldn't even <laughs> oh, really? finish it. Wow. Uh, I I was like I I wow. got to like I had two episodes left, and I was like I'm just bored. I was watching it with Glenn, and he was like, Yeah, let's just watch Avatar: Last Airbender again. And so we like switch shows, you know, like because we were like we're not gonna watch this anymore. Um, and it wasn't that it was like it was just it was it felt criminally boring. That is really what it felt like. I was like, I just don't care at all about what's going on in this show. Um, and I, I haven't thought about it since. So if you're going to tell me that they're going to do the same cast from the TV show in the new Captain America, like I've just, I, I have no desire. Thunderbolts, you got to have some crazy mark. Nobody's heard of that. No one. And so that could be a good thing, you know, like zero taste in the mouth with that one. 
I don't know. Maybe they're going to go for a Guardians that, that, thing. This, this reads as huge bomb. Yeah, of course. For me. The tech. I feel like Marvel's is going to bomb, too, also, just because I'm just like... Yeah. People have such a negative feeling about that first Captain Marvel movie. Anyway. Yeah, Thunderbolt's just a font, you know. You know, you just know. <laughs> I don't know who yeah. would have picked that font, but they made a mistake. Um, Blade, I think, will be very popular, just for the, the name. It might. Deadpool will be very popular. And the Fantastic yeah, Four, I don't know. what. I have no idea what they're going to do. They better cast Timothy Chalamet as um, Reed Richards or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but the Avengers stuff. Boring. And then their Avenger, Avengers, they have their main villain is a, is a, isn't he like going to jail? Like, isn't Johnson Majors Kang? I mean... He's gotten into some trouble now. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. So, oh well, he he was just. I think he was arrested or something like that. Um, so they they sort of they 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 put a lot of stock in him, and I think it didn't pay off. Basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, looking at this, I'm just yeah. It's pretty pretty depressing. Pretty pretty uninteresting I, I, series of movies, and they're not really grabbing people who I'm that excited like to see. You know, it's not they're not they don't have like Taika or Ryan Coogler where I'm like, oh yeah, I'll check out what they're doing in the cinematic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It just it kind of leads to another another like conversation around Disney, you know, um, because it's like I don't know what Disney's doing with these like like it really feels like they're totally screwing up everything that they own. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I know that's not a, a, yeah, that's not an original you, like take. I know some people have felt that way for dumb reasons. For but like it's just like the movies just aren't hitting the way that they 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 used to. You know, I'm looking. I just signed into Disney Plus. You want to know what the first title cards are? Some series called Crater with kids, Peter Pan, kids on the moon. They want me to watch Spider-Man Homecoming again on their streaming service. They want me to watch Venom. Why are they promoting Venom? <laughs> like what is like what is this, you I know? I didn't know that was on there. Yeah, like yeah, and then there's Peter Pan, there's some Muppet stuff. Um, but I just look at like Yeah, I don't really know what their biggest thing is now. I just look at like um Little Mermaid maybe will do well? Absolutely. I I I'm sure it will do well, but who, like, I, I don't know. I, I am literally the opposite person to want to go see a Disney live action movie. Um, oh, believe me, I, I'm with you. I just, I, I saw the trailer for that and I was like, who wanted this? Who wanted, I, mean, I was saying that way long ago. I was like, who wanted Beauty and the Beast live action? Who wanted Sleeping Beauty live action? Who wanted, what were the other ones? They did, they did all of them, it felt like. I'm like... The, the I'll tell you who it is. It's the studio executives because those movies they do very very well. The Lion King, I think the remake of Lion King is like the tenth highest grossing movie ever or something like that. Wow. Um, people really, I don't really understand what motivates people. I mean, I went to go see it because I was like, oh, it's the new John Favreau movie, but that's what I get for being an auteur completist. But uh, no, they're they're just kind of. Uh, Star Wars, dude. you know, they're, they're just they're po- they're pointless. And you could just watch them, you know. You can watch the original version; it's way better. On it's animated, but you know, 
I've heard good things about Andor. Just the way things are. I've heard good things about Andor. I have not watched that for Star Wars, but um, yeah, I'm looking at the Star Wars homepage where you can like stream like Star Wars stuff. Yeah, this this looks like somebody vomited on this. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. I guess I'm just not I'm just not the target anymore, you know? What has Cameron done to me? He's turned me into this movie snob. <laughs> I could have been enjoying no, Grogu and the Dust Bunnies. Because that's just No, it's not about being a snob. I mean you don't want to be you don't want to be just like, you know, oh, I just enjoy consuming product, you know. It's <laughs> I think it's it's, you know. I got to watch the last Jedi. It's, it's a good it, you know, I got to watch the last Jedi. Yeah, again. well that's a that's the best example of this sort of thing. Last Jedi is is the best example of of Disney, you know, hiring some interesting director and uh Sheesh. Did you lose me there, Isaac? Yeah, I lost you for a little bit. What did you say? What was, the la- what was the last thing I said? You just said The Last Jedi. Oh, well, I was just saying, I, I think it's it's a, it's a an example of of one of the few sort of like Disney reboot, uh, whatever you call it, soft reboot sort of things. Well, Last Jedi and Force Awakens that I've really liked. And I, I thought they, especially Last Jedi, you know, they, they got a filmmaker who has interesting things he wants to, you know, do with the series and um you know also just great artistry and i think you know it's a pretty great movie um you know there was a period you know where all we, we were a lot of these things were kind of coming to a head with with endgame and with star wars and you know it felt really exciting but you know you, you do the same thing over and over people are gonna get bored and and um you know the good the artists who work on these things have you know they go off to do better things and um I think as an audience, it's sort of time for us to do the same. Yeah. Um, I was just curious, uh, just while we're on the topic of Marvel really quick, what would you say are like your favorite of the Marvel cinematic uh, universe movies? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think coming off of Guardian stuff, it's um, it's easy to recommend that trilogy. I feel like it's, in hindsight, definitely the one of the most attractive packages um, I feel like you got to see the Iron Man movies. I feel like you have to see Winter Soldier. Um, like for me, it's like the Iron Man trilogy with the Captain America trilogy and the way they come together in Civil War, which is excessive. But, you know, I'm basically like all on board with like Tony Stark and Captain America. Like those guys, anything they're in, it's usually a pretty great experience. Um, there's mm-hmm. just a certain quality that ties with it. Even the movies that are kind of stinkers, like Iron Man 3 uh, and Iron Man 2 are kind of I, oh. like, they're, they're kind of bad at times, but you can still watch them and enjoy them. Um, and I, I I really like Iron Man 3. I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. No, I I, I mean, I just, I, I recently rewatched it when I was working on a guitar. Um, and I was like, this is kind of... It feels dated. I don't know what it is about it. It feels dated mm-hmm. and um, it has like the undercutting joke every second sort of thing going on. Um, whereas you watch mm-hmm. the f- the first Iron Man is so good. Like it is so yeah. I mean, it sure, it lags in the last half, right? 
but no, that, it's a, it's a good movie. You you watch the beginning of it, and it's 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 got some big balls. Like just to to be starting <laughs> that franchise off, it's got the grit that kind of like the 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 Middle East like. The the it has something about it that was being explored in the two thousands with a reflection on what was what was going on in the Middle East with the U S being involved mm-hmm. in that in that conflict. I think a lot of the deep state government thrillers uh, during that time with the Bourne trilogy and all that were were digging at something. There's a total vibe um, looking at like the industrial military complex in the two thousands, which I I don't know I I think I think it's dope. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I like that movie a lot. And it, it also has, I think, you know, it, it, it's weird because the, the visuals in that movie in some ways are better than a lot of the movies 15 years later. Cause they weren't, you know, speed running all the special effects, all the visual effects, the way they are. They're not, they weren't making three movies a yeah, year. Yeah. Um, so you look at the Iron Man suit stuff in that movie, it looks better than the stuff in, even in Endgame, yeah. which is sort of seems backwards, but um, it's really well done, and of course, like it was such a kind of a comeback for Downey, and he's just so he's so terrific. Though I do even I was talking to my friend the other day about how it's it's kind of sad Downey just spent ten years, you know, in the prime of his life doing nothing but doing superhero movies. I think I saw him in the um, Oppenheimer trailer, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited that he's it's kind of his first serious. Or not, I'm not saying that Avengers Endgame isn't serious, but um, it's his first non. Tony Stark role in a while. If you like Robert Downey Jr., he's got like some some little secret roles in there that you can find. Um, whether it's something comedic like Tropic Thunder, I think his role in Zodiac is great. Um, great, and even uh, even the Sherlock Holmes like movies, they're not perfect, but like there's something different for you. He is kind of just playing the I'm a super smart guy, you know. Um, Jarvis, pull that up. No, he's you know? he's great. So. Yeah. He's fantastic. Um, I, I just it, it'd be, it'd be it's, it'll be nice to see where he goes with stuff with a little bit more variety um, in the next ten years. But yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, so the the conclusion is Guardians is good, but Marvel's dead. It's probably <laughs> what you expected from this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. This is the last thing I know. I keep comparing it to Star Wars, but I I am really taken back about how much, in in hindsight, Guardians of the Galaxy is like what I have been asking for, um, from modern Hollywood for a long time, where it's like I want an adventure movie that reminds me of my Star Wars experience, where you're with a bunch of people that are on an adventure that you love spending time with, and um, I think that's why Guardians has their own section. In, in the Disneyland parks because they, I think that oh, they they're really? going to have that staying power, you know? Um, I feel like in 10 oh. years, Guardians might have a dwindling legacy, but I kind of wonder if it's going to be a trilogy of movies that spawns another trilogy and spawns a universe. Like, like the Marvel stuff is going to turn into a sci-fi like universe, you know? I, I don't know. I feel like they might kind of begin to veer away from the multiverse stuff and just kind of start making this, this other galaxy universe thing um, that can exist on its own. Cause I think they have something special there, you know? Um, yeah. I like, I like that. It's sort of separate a little bit. I, I think it kind of, it might actually have legs in the future because it feels like you can watch the series 
pretty isolated from the other Marvel stuff. I guess you kind of have to have seen Endgame to know why like Gamora isn't there or whatever, but which kind of is annoying. But for the most part, I felt like I was watching it. I didn't feel like I had to, you know, watch 30 other movies as homework. Yeah. Um, you can kind of just enjoy these characters in their own, uh, you know, small scale story. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's something that, it, you know, feels like if I had ever had kids, I definitely, well, I don't know if I'd show them the third movie, but I definitely show them the first two. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And when they're a little older, the, the third one, cause it's a nice, uh, it's it there it is great company the, the that cast and uh that world you you inhabit so yeah it's the toy story ramp you know can't watch the third one just yet kids right gotta be yeah, a little bit older that's yeah for sure with toy story that's pretty <laughs> that's an intense film toy story three my god <laughs> my god um all right well that pretty much wraps it up juzo thanks for being here hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of the pop culture conversation and i hope you can get out to the theaters to watch something fun uh, this summer, I think Guardians is probably the uh, the headliner for me. I don't know if there's anything else besides uh, Oppenheimer that I'm really locked in for, well, but I do want to see Spider Verse. I just wonder which one is going to come out on top. I'm a little worried that Oppenheimer is going to be like slow. Like it's going to be a little bit of a slow. It'll movie. It'll be. I don't know. I Nolan. I Nolan is. He's like the opposite of boredom. That's for me. true. I, that I, to true. me, I every Nolan movie I watch, I was just I just said to my dad actually today that like he all his movies are two and a half hours and they are like the shortest two and a half hour movies. I can Dark Knight Rises is like two hours and forty five minutes, and that just man just flies right by. We're gonna have a Dark Knight Rises um, party, Juzo. I would love to do that. That would be I would sign up for that immediately. Um, but there's a few. I think I think. Uh, Indiana Jones might be a big movie this oh, summer. Yeah. I, I think definitely Mission Impossible. Was it called Dead Reckoning Part One? I think that's going to be that's that's definitely the big summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm most excited for Oppenheimer, but in terms of like franchise, you know, blockbuster type movies, it's definitely Mission Impossible. But it was a nice surprise that Guardians, which I was not excited for, based on uh, Gunn's previous movie and the previous Marvel movies. Um, it's nice it turned out to be honestly one of the better movies I've seen so far this year. Agreed. Um, agreed. I don't know. Have I have I seen anything else? We gotta wrap this up. I just wanna see. <laughs> have I seen anything else in theaters this year? Well, uh, uh, I don't know if I have my list, but twenty twenty three movie. I know you have seen a lot. Let's see. DC Magic Mike. DC Magic Mike three. Juzo, you know the answer to that question. Dude, why would you not watch Magic Mike Three, my man? That's uh <laughs> that's a good film. You guys I, act like you're above seeing Magic Mike. I mean, like, <laughs> nice experience. Good film. Anyway. I, 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 I don't even know what to say. I don't know anything about the movie, but it's just, from the outside, I'm like, I just don't think it's going to be for me, you know? There, there are just certain things where I'm like, you you and Cameron are, are just turning your back on having fun in your life. You're always like, you know, I just want to have fun at the movies, and then you don't see the Magic Mike movies, and you don't see the Avatar <laughs> movies. I'm like... Dude, what are you doing? Like, you want don't you want to have some fun? There you go. Sure. Yeah. Um Wick 3 is the only thing I think. Yeah, John Wick 3. I think yeah, that's the only one I've seen. It's okay. Yeah, it was I I didn't like I like this a lot better than John Wick 3, that's for sure. Uh, I 4. John Wick 4. Was it 4 or 3? 4. Yeah. Did I say 3? 4. All right. Well, Juzo, thank you so much. We post every Tuesday if you enjoy the show. You know what to do. Until then, see you on Tuesday.
Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.